Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Salt Lake City, Utah with my good friend Ben Luthi of the FreelanceWriterAcademy.com. Ben grew up in the area and loves how close the city is to the mountains for hiking. In this episode, we talk about visiting Temple Square, hiking Ensign Peak, and snowboarding in the mountains. Hear about these three incredible attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Salt Lake. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Ben. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Salt Lake City, Utah. I know it's a town that I've I visited once, and most of the time whenever I go there, it's on the way to the mountains. But I know there's a lot of cool things to do in the town and so I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. We've been friends for many years, and now we finally got you. I remember the first time you asked me, I grew up near Salt Lake in one of the suburbs, and you asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, well, I don't actually know that much about Salt Lake, to be honest, because I just never done much. So since then, I've had more Salt Lake experiences and feel like I can talk about it now. Yeah, I, I totally get that because I lived in Southern California my entire life, and I know there's lots to, to do there. But if you put me right on the spot and ask me, what are like five things that I must do? It would take me a little while as well. So don't feel bad about that at all. Right. Well, I mean, they're also like the tourist attractions versus the things that normal people do who live there. Yeah, there's that as well. Okay. So you kind of grew up nearby and you've been there all your life. What's the main thing that kind of keeps you in town? Well, right now it's my kids. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I grew up here, briefly lived in Arkansas and Texas, but I recently divorced about a year and a half ago. And as of right now, their mom is not planning on moving anytime soon. So basically, I'll be here at least until they're 18. Okay. So if you had to describe the, the city or the people in a couple of words, how would you do that? Peculiar. <laughs> I guess I'm sure everybody knows, you know, Salt Lake City is the hub for, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church. And uh, it is a different culture here. It's really interesting. It's hard to explain it to people. (laughs) People are very nice, incredibly nice. Salt Lake City is very clean compared to a bunch of other cities I've been in. But it's it's just kind of a different vibe here than other cities that I've been. Well, I think it's also one of those things because you you were in the church and you've lived there, you know. And so for somebody like me who would be coming from the outside. We would see things probably way different than your experience there as well. Right. Yeah. Obviously, because Salt Lake is near the mountains there, during the wintertime, there's there's snow and it can be quite cold, right? Is the city itself pretty cold or is it just you have to go up to the mountains to really kind of get that colder temperatures in the snow? Uh, it gets cold in the city as well. We've definitely had negative degree weather lows. And I remember a few years back, we had about a week or two where it was single digits throughout the entire time. So the city does get pretty cold. We have this weird phenomenon during the winter called the inversion. And just the way that the Salt Lake Valley, the geography of it, 
it traps the cold air inside the valley. And along with that cold air, it also traps a lot of the pollution. So if you come to Salt Lake City during the winter, you'll notice a thick layer of smog that, you know, if you're flying in, you fly through it. I mean, I've seen it. I live in the, the valley just south of Salt Lake Valley, and we've got it down here as well. I saw it, you know, the other day it got kind of cold. But yeah, that's it's just a weird thing where, you know, it traps the cold air inside the valley and all the nastiness along with it. I know it can be really pretty when you when you fly in. You know, you got the lake there, you got the the mountains. But a couple of times I've flown in, I, I've seen that smog. Coming from LA, I you know, I kind of assume we're the only ones that have that smog like that, right? And so it, it was it was peculiar to me to see that because I'm like, what is going on? Why is it so gray? Now I understand. Okay, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I mean, the rest of the year it's not there. When we get all the smoke from the California fires this year, and we get fires, I mean, sometimes that happens. But most of the year, you don't see that. It's just during the winter. That is so strange. Salt Lake City has like a great reputation for for skiing, and so winter. It's a very much a, a winter destination in my book. But I'm sure there's other things to do throughout the year that might be a good reason for for people to come visit. Yeah, Utah is known for its outdoors stuff. You know, during the spring, during the summer, I think a lot of people come for that. And I actually this year because of the pandemic, you know, I spent a lot more time hiking. And there are hundreds and hundreds of just amazing hikes in and around the Salt Lake area. And, you know, you've got camping, hiking, tons of lakes, canyons, climbing. There's just, there's a lot to do in the Salt Lake area with that stuff. And then inside Salt Lake, I mean, we don't have a ton of major tourist attractions. I'd say the biggest one is probably Temple Square. So it's just this massive area owned by the Mormon church. They have, you know, the Salt Lake Temple is there. They've got a a bunch of different buildings, office buildings, visitor center, Brigham Young's original house when, you know, when he was governor here. Yeah, people will come and, and walk around there just to see, you know, the reflection pool. And it's just a beautiful area. But beyond that, as far as spring, summer stuff, obviously there's stuff to do, but that's probably the the biggest yeah, I know when when I visited there with my wife and, and kids, we definitely walked around the the uh, the Temple Square. It was really pretty, like the going inside the the church and doing the tour and seeing all the uh, all the windows and inside the church. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And even though we aren't Mormon, we were very much welcomed uh, to come in there and and take that tour. Like you said, everybody seemed really nice and, and friendly. So, what else is there to do, kind of in, inside of town, before we start talking about? some of the hiking and some of the local mountains and, and those types of things. Yeah. So one big thing as well, and this is actually pretty close to Temple Square, is uh, the City Creek Mall. It's actually owned by the Mormon Church. They spent upwards of a billion dollars. I can't remember exactly how much, but upwards of a billion dollars you know, developing this area into a mall. And it's just this huge outdoor mall and it's got a creek running through it and it's it's beautiful. So if you, you love shopping when you travel, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would definitely recommend coming to City Creek Mall. We've also got the Salt Lake Farmer's Market, and it will actually change from place to place. Uh, the one time I went there, it was at the Gateway Mall, which is a bit west of the city center. And it actually, it never really got super popular, uh, which is kind of a bummer because it's a really, really cool area. Just another outdoor mall. I, I love going up there and, and walking around. They've got different things you can do playing games and stuff but the farmer's market is really cool to walk around 
We've also got the so this is an interesting place if if you like weird stuff. <laughs> it's called the Gilgal Sculpture Garden. This guy, a sculptor, this was uh, decades ago. I can't remember exactly. He built these. I think it was like seven or eight sculptures, and they're all kind of rooted in Mormon theology and the Bible and the Book of Mormon. And there's a bunch of engraved stones, so like stones that you can walk on just with scriptures and stuff. But some of these sculptures are just really weird. So one of them is a sphinx. But instead of the sphinx head, it has the head and face of Joseph Smith, who is the founder of Mormonism. It's just really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went there, I think it was like a year and a half ago or something like that. And it just, again, it's one of those things where I lived here my entire life and somehow never knew about this place. And it was fascinating. Like you said, it's one of those things where you can live someplace and as a local, you don't really think about things until like your friends come into town, right? And when your friends come into town, you're like, hey, let's go check out some things. You're like, I don't know, man. I just kind of live here and I just eat and I just do my thing, right? I go to work. Yeah. Uh, and then when your friends come into town, you're like, oh, okay, well, now I got to be like the host and I got to figure some things out and I got to take people to cool places. And you start doing a little research and you find places like this where it's like, look, I'm going to take you to some place that's going to blow your mind. And you're never going to find anything like this anyplace else. And, and so that's kind of cool, like having those unique experiences like that. Like I have a long list of places that I've, I've researched that I want to go to, I want to attend. I mean, not just in Salt Lake, but, but in Utah in general. And it's just really fascinating. And then obviously, like on the sports side of things, we have the Utah Jazz. You know, if you enjoy basketball, we have Real, Real Salt Lake is our soccer team, but we don't have any other major league sports. But we also have, we have like a minor league baseball team that I've gone to a few games and it's kind of fun, but yeah. Are there certain festivals or concerts or fairs like that that happen uh, every year? Not that I know of in Salt Lake. Uh, so they have like a, a Christmas market thing up. Yeah, I guess that's in, it's not downtown Salt Lake, but it's in Salt Lake up by, uh, it's called Red Butte Gardens, I believe. It's, it's beautiful. And like, I lived in Germany for a couple of years and love the Christmas markets there. And it's, it's not exactly the same, but, uh, yeah, you just go up there, you get like the traditional Christmas market food and experiences. And, um, it's just a really cool area. And then they also up one of the canyons, I believe it's big Cottonwood Canyon, at Snowbird, the ski resort, every year they'll have an Oktoberfest in September, October time. And they'll do that. And they've got, you know, obviously German food, beer and different people doing German entertainment, Austrian entertainment, stuff like that. Uh, so those are the big ones that I know about. We have the Love Loud concert that was started by Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons. We've had that a couple a couple of years now. Let me back up for a second with like talking about the, the Oktoberfest at Snowbird. People know, like you said, that you know, Mormonism is very big in Utah. And, and when I was there probably the first time, maybe 15 years ago, finding a place with, with beer that wasn't more than like 1% alcohol and stuff like that was, <laughs> was pretty tough. Uh, I know that the laws have kind of changed over the, the last decade and, and there's more microbrews and those types of things around. And, and so is it now easy to find alcohol uh, or is it still kind of tough or, or maybe frowned upon? It's definitely easier than it ever has been. <laughs> That's for sure. They actually, about a year ago, they increased the alcohol content in beer that you can purchase from the grocery store from 4% to 5%. So that was kind of a huge step for our legislature here. 
So Utah has really weird alcohol law. I mean, like at least compared to the rest of the country, you can't purchase wine or liquor from anybody except for the state liquor stores. You can't import alcohol into the state. It's like I couldn't even drive to Evanston, Wyoming, which is like, you know, an hour and a half northeast of Salt Lake and, you know, buy some liquor because it's cheaper there than it is here and bring it back across state lines. That's prohibited. But it has been interesting to see that we've had we have a ton of breweries now, especially in the Salt Lake area. I actually saw can't remember, I think it was eater.com or something like that. There was this article that just highlighted how Salt Lake is becoming kind of a hub for beer and breweries. And I've hung out a lot at a lot of them, especially this year. I've done a lot of like outdoor brunches with friends and uh, we've got a lot of really, really good stuff. That sounds really good. Now, I need to take a step back. We've been talking about all the fun things to do and, and everything like that around town. We forgot to talk about how to actually get into town and, and get there. So there's just the one major airport that's there in, in Salt Lake, right? Yeah. I know it's a hub for Delta, and I fly Southwest primarily in the United States. And so Southwest flies there. Are there other airlines, or is it just primarily those two? If we're going to get there, which airline should we kind of fly to, to get there? Honestly, Delta is probably the best just because it's a hub. But I mean, we have all the major airlines flying out of here, Frontier, Southwest, United, American. You really could fly pretty much any airline. Just remember this. There is a regional airport in Provo, Utah, which is about 40 miles south. But I believe only Allegiant flies in and out of there. And it's, it's really limited. Like they fly to Phoenix and Denver or something like that. And that's it. But flying into Salt Lake, it's pretty much any airline. But they they actually just redid the airport. Uh, They built an entirely new terminal. They're working on destroying the old one. It's pretty beautiful. It appears that they did that to basically encourage Delta to expand (laughs) here (laughs) and, and offer more flights. So it's pretty easy to get in. Once we fly in and we're getting from the airport to town, do we rent a car while we're there? Like, I know like when I've flown into Salt Lake, I typically have rented a car because I'm, I'm going to head up to the mountains after after maybe staying a night in town. Is that kind of like the way to go? Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, and we have public transportation. Uh, we have the streetcar, which we call it tracks. Uh, we've got a bus system. Obviously, we have Uber, Lyft, stuff like that. But the public transportation is just kind of meh. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and and ride sharing, like like I said, it's possible, but it's generally more expensive than you'll find in bigger cities. And so, you know, if you are coming into downtown and you're just kind of staying in the same area, I mean, Salt Lake's not huge. If you're just staying like in downtown and you're not planning on leaving downtown, sure, just take public transportation like that. You know, it does go out to the airport. But if you're actually planning on going beyond Salt Lake, I definitely recommend renting a car. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so like one of the reasons for renting a car is I, I know you and I were talking a couple of days ago, talking about going on some of the amazing hikes that are there. You know, I, I've been seeing all your awesome pictures on, on social media and I'm totally jealous of like the hikes that you're doing. Would you mind talking about some of the places that, that we should hike while we're, we're there in Salt Lake? The ni- and the nice thing about the area is that there are hikes for everybody, all you know, experience levels. Uh, they have a really cool, uh, it's a relatively short hike just north of the Capitol building. So it's called Enzyme Peak. The history behind it is, you know, when the, the Mormon pioneers came into Utah and they, they brought Brigham Young up to this peak. And this is where he said, this is where we're going to stay. 
I think it's only like a mile, mile and a, mile and a half round trip. But you hike up and they've got this big monument up there and you can see the entirety of the Salt Lake Valley. It's just this really beautiful view. South of that, and this is actually a hike that I've been wanting to do that I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, it's called Hughes Canyon. It's just really beautiful. Uh, I did one a few weeks ago, the Lake Blanche Trail. So it's probably, I don't know, 20 minutes south of Salt Lake. It's a tough hike. But you get up and it's just this alpine lake and this peak behind it. And it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And then there's another in Little Cottonwood Canyon that's toward the, the south end of the county of the, the valley called Albion Meadow, the Albion Meadow Basin. So that's it's, it's right by the Alta Ski Resort. And during the summer, so this is kind of like in mid to late July. I actually went up there on my birthday this year at the end of July. And they have wildflowers that bloom. And it's just, it's incredible. Like you get up to this basin, it's this huge meadow. And you see all these different colors, blues, purples, reds, whites, uh, yellows. And it's a pretty, it's a relatively easy hike, but it's just beautiful. And then you obviously you can get up into the Uintas. That's probably, I don't know, an hour northeast of Salt Lake. The Uintas, they have thousands of lakes, this massive area and tons of peaks. And it's yeah, there's so many. <laughs> uh, that sounds really cool. Going back to the one little Cottonwood Canyon, first off, that's like totally one of those things. It's all about the Instagram pictures, right? Getting that nice picture with all the background. <laughs> uh, but you also mentioned that's near the Alta Ski Resort. One of the things I love to do is like snowboarding. I know Alta is pretty good. I've been to Solitude Mountain. That one, I did that a couple of years ago, and that was a lot of fun. What are some of your favorite mountains for like snowboarding or skiing? Oh, that's a good question because honestly, I never got into it. <laughs> I mean, my family wasn't like we were middle class growing up, but there wasn't a lot of money to go around to ski and snowboard. But I, I mean, I have done the Park City Ski Resort, Canyon Ski Resort. I really enjoyed those. But yeah, I am probably not the best person to ask about skiing. I want to get into it now. Of course, there's not really a ton of opportunities right now during the pandemic, but the whole tagline is, and we've got it on our license plates, the you know, best snow on earth. And I don't know how true that is because I haven't been to a lot of different places, but uh, there are a ton of ski resorts around the Salt Lake area up in Park City. Definitely a lot of options. I have the Icon Pass. And so either this winter, if it if everything kind of works out with us getting vaccines, or next winter, uh, I'll have to come out there and uh, we'll have to hit some of those mountains together. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. So we only got a couple minutes left before we got to, got to get into the final countdown. I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the cool food places that, that are there in Salt Lake. What are a couple of your favorites? That's another thing that I've been really developing this year is visiting different places, especially for brunch. Tons of places for brunch in Salt Lake. One of my recent favorites, uh, I just went there last month. It's called Stanza. It's an Italian restaurant. And it just... I don't know, like everything about it was just perfect. <laughs> if you like burgers, Proper Burgers is pretty incredible. Uh, it's actually owned by Proper Brewing. And so you can even, you know, you go, you, you get a burger and then you can walk next door and pick up some beer. One that appears to be arguably the best Mexican restaurant we have is called Red Iguana. And it's a little bit west of, you know, the downtown area. But I went there once, and it's pretty good food. It's not my favorite that I've had, but it's it's a lot more authentic than especially the chain restaurants, chain Mexican restaurants that you'll be 
that you'll go to. Lion House is another one. So this is actually, the restaurant is inside Brigham Young's house where he lived. And so you you can even do kind of like a history tour where you walk through and, and see the house and learn a little bit about Utah history. What kind of food do they serve there? It's like homestyle cooking, meat, potatoes, rolls, stuff like that. One of my siblings, I can't remember which one, <laughs> one of my siblings got married, you know, years and years ago in the Salt Lake Temple. And that's where we had the brunch was at the Lion House. And yeah, it's it's good stuff. Nice. Those are great places for brunch. Brunch is obviously more like a, you know, you're hanging out with your friends or your spouse or whatever. What if I want to go someplace cool with my kids? I know you have kids similar age as mine. Uh, where should we go that maybe they would really enjoy for like a, a breakfast, lunch, or dinner? The Olive Garden, I guess. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you could do proper burgers. Also, there's another burger place that's more low-key, fast casual, called Crown Burger. And actually, this is where you and I met the last time you were in town. Oh, yeah, that was really good. With your family, yeah. So they've got these pastrami burgers. They're pretty incredible. Honestly, that probably, like, as far as a... Like Salt Lake favorite goes, that probably would be the best place for a family is Crown Burger. Nice. Okay. So last question. If we're looking for like something to satisfy our sweet tooth, whether it's after dinner or maybe just a mid-afternoon snack, where should we go for that? So there is a uh, bakery called Fillings and Emulsions that is just incredible. The chef and the owner, uh, his name's Adalberto Diaz. He is from Cuba. And he's been working as a pastry chef for decades, and he has just got some incredible, incredible pastries. I haven't actually been to the one in Salt Lake, but they have another location uh, about 40 miles south in Provo. Like I said, I lived in Germany for a couple of years and really got used to the German pastries and uh, bakeries, the really good stuff. And you know, a lot of the American stuff just doesn't live up to that. But uh, this place, Fillings and Emulsions, is pretty incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, we don't have the same level of, or maybe I guess love, of the art of pastries on a more general basis here in the U.S. as they do in other countries. And so that's awesome that they brought that expertise over here. Yeah. Ben, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all these awesome tips for Salt Lake City. Now it's time for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Salt Lake, where should they go and what should they eat? Okay, so I had a hard time narrowing it down to one, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give you two. <laughs> one is more like if you don't have a lot of time, go to Pretty Bird. So Pretty Bird, they have fried chicken sandwiches. It's like the Nashville hot chicken, and the guy who started it, Viet Pham, I believe he won Iron Chef. He's been finalist in like the James Beard Awards and Food Network and all those other things. It's just incredible. Uh, it's the best fried chicken I've ever had, and I've been to Nashville is still like is the best fried chicken I've had. The second place, if you have more time, especially if you want to go for brunch, is White Horse. White Horse, it's like on Main Street, you know, really kind of central in the city. And I would recommend their Brussels sprouts. I am a big fan of Brussels sprouts and they just do a killer job. Probably the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. Nice. My wife really loves those. So we'll have to take her, we'll have to take her there when we come visit. So you've lived in uh, the Salt Lake area majority of your life. I'm sure you have some just amazing stories. What's one of your most memorable? Honestly, I, I think the the thing that I really enjoyed growing up and as an adult, you know, I've done it as well, is going to Temple Square during Christmas time. So they deck out the entire area with Christmas lights. I looked it up and 
the last time they did, at least from what I could find, that they did like a full count was in 1997, and it was over 800,000 lights. So I'm sure that it's over a million by now. And it's just really beautiful. You know, if you are Christian, they've got like a nativity that they do um, kind of on loop. It's really impressive. You can go into the, the visitor center and they have a giant Christus statue that you can look at. And uh, it's just, it's a really cool environment during that time of the year. Uh, that sounds amazing. You know, I think it's one of those things that, especially whether you're, you're, you have kids or just kind of like you feel like a little bit of a kid inside, you know, seeing all those lights, it's just got to bring a smile to your face. Yeah. As long as you don't have to pay the bill. So yes. <laughs> that electricity bill, right? Always get you. Yeah. So like we talked about earlier, obviously the beer scene has, has been changing up quite a bit in the Salt Lake area over the last decade plus. Uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Salt Lake City? So that is interesting. So this goes back to Utah's weird liquor laws. So I was looking this up at one point and like I have been to places that say they have happy hours, but the Utah, the government website that said that uh, happy hours and other promotions that quote unquote promote overconsumption uh, are prohibited. Discounting beer, discounting liquor prices, you can't do that. So I guess I only recently started drinking alcohol a couple years ago. So I haven't had too many experiences trying for happy hours. I'm assuming they would probably discount the food instead of the, the alcohol. But I guess that's why I have had a hard time finding them because they don't exist. At least not legally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, then where should we go if we want just mid-afternoon or we're done with work for the day and we want to go to a good place to just to go hang out and have a couple beers and maybe some good food? White Horse is one of them. There's another one called Varley. So it's actually a pretty new cocktail place that I went to a couple weeks ago. And they had some really good stuff. I'd also recommend the Bourbon House. So the Bourbon House is it's in a basement. So basically you're walking on the street. You know, they, they just have a sign out front basically saying this is one of those signs on the street, not even like hanging on the building. And I that was one of the first places downtown that I went um, for a drink. And if you are a whiskey bourbon fan they've got just tons and tons of options and they have tons of other different cocktails you can try and drink they've got beer they've got really good food but yeah bourbon house i definitely recommend that one. Oh, that sounds amazing uh to go check both of those out one thing i always do whenever i check out new cities is find the local pizza place what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in salt lake in salt lake that would have to be the pie pizzeria it is on the east side close to the university of utah on the hill i've eaten like you i've eaten a lot of pizza in my life <laughs> and this in salt lake this is the best i've ever experienced i i feel like you know other place that i've tried has come close yeah the last time we were there that's the one that the, uh, you recommended for me and it was amazing i will say this like you said it's near the college so we did actually have to wait a little while we took it to go i don't remember if you can actually sit down inside there but i knew we took ours to go I think they have two locations. One is takeout only and the other one you can sit in. So I think I, I think I messed up when I recommended that. <laughs> I, I think I gave you the, the takeout one. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good to know. So, so everybody, if you're listening, you're looking for a place, you can either take it to go at one or sit down at the other. So uh, we'll actually put both of them in the, in the show notes. Now, Ben, you and I, we travel a lot and hopefully one of these days we'll be able to travel together. What's your best travel tip? I guess general travel tip, and this is something that I've been you know, spending more time on recently, is to learn how to use Google Flights. So there are a lot of 
services out there that will provide cheap flights, you know, tell you, you know, you'd enter in like your airport and they'll say, okay, we'll send you emails or whatever when we find cheap flights. They're just using Google flights. That's pretty much it. If you want to find cheap flights, that's where you're going to find them. And obviously you got to be flexible with where you want to be, but they have like a map feature where you can say, you know, this is my home flight. This is kind of the general dates that I'm interested in. And then you can just search for destinations. Yeah, that's honestly the the biggest tip that I have right now because it's something that I've been spending more time on recently. Well, nice. I have to change my settings. I still have a lot of my old settings from when I lived in California and I got to migrate them over to Nashville And now that we're going to be here for a while because it's nothing like getting those alerts like, oh my God, this is a great deal. Oh, that's from LA. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Ben, thanks for coming on the show and sharing all these awesome tips for, for Salt Lake. You and I, we've known each other for years. If the audience doesn't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then what what is it you do? And if people have questions about your podcast or about Salt Lake, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yeah. So uh, best way to reach me, I guess, is through Twitter. Just at Ben Luthi. I have been writing about travel and personal finance since 2013 especially in the the award space, so a lot about points and miles. I have my own podcast right now. I guess it's not mine. I co-host a podcast with my friend Tippy Moreland, and that is called the Just One More Trip podcast. I also have a travel blog where I haven't really spent as much time on it lately <laughs> with how things have been going, but uh, that is the Thrifty Wanderer. So you could, I guess, hear more, read more, contact me those places. Well, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check all those out. I'm going to check out some of the episodes on the podcast. I, I want to hear how that's going. And then the other thing is I know that you have, as a freelance writer, I'm really interested in, in your course too. For people who are maybe interested in, in moving or checking out that area of, of the world, can you tell us a little about your course? Yeah, the course is called the Freelance Writer Academy. So I do it with a couple other incredible writers, uh, Miranda Marquette and Kat Tratina. We have three different courses that we do just to help people learn how to build a business freelance writing. When I started in 2013, I had no prior experience writing. I you know, knew about personal finance, but that was about it. And so this is, you know, between me and the other two people that I work with, this is kind of all of our experience and knowledge kind of poured into these courses. I have to say, I really appreciate you and Miranda. You were two of the people that I reached out to when I was looking to make a, a transition from the corporate world to a, a world of freelance writing. And your help was amazing. And I'm sure that anybody that takes your course will find many of those same tips that I use to, to make my transition. Again, uh, Ben, thanks for coming on the show. really appreciate all, your, all these tips. And I know I learned a lot. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, same here. What a fun conversation with Ben. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Salt Lake. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to Jersey City, New Jersey to speak my new friend Julia Menez of geobreeze Julia and I talk about the waterfront, visiting Ellis Island, and how to find the best spa treatments. Be able to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.